To my younger self, what's your story? To my younger self. 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 What's your story? everybody doing? It is so wonderful to see you. How are you doing today? My name is Zoe Baraka. The show is To My Younger Self. We tell stories here. We tell stories from our past that will propel us into the future. There is a saying that if you don't know where you come from, you cannot go forward. And so that's what we do every Tuesday. We tell personal stories. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. It's a very exciting day today. Uh, welcome to our Facebook friends. Thank Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to our LinkedIn friends. Thank you for joining us. And of course, to our YouTube friends, thank you for joining us. Listen, if you join us, uh, can you go into the comment section and just say hello, say welcome, um, greet us in your local dialect, because that's what we like to do here. We like to greet each other in our local dialects. And also tell people, today's a great, great day because a legend is in the room. Um, I feel like, again, I'm coming full circle a legend is in the room, an African legend, an African giant is in the room and you want people to be here uh, because he's not here for an interview. He's here to tell stories, which is very, very different, right? Um, let us go in there and see who is here. Nana Osafu Mensa, it is wonderful to see you. Thank you so much for joining us, Macha, to you. Thank you for joining us on YouTube. Uh, invite your friends, invite your friends, invite your friends. All righty. I greet you. I greet you. Baraka dazua to you, Sanuku dazua, yaya de kakwana lafia. I really, really do hope you slept well. I'm greeting you in Hausa. Yakenken tumatuma futwowela. It is wonderful to see you. I just greeted you in Kusal. And similar to you, if you speak Wale or Dabani, how are you doing? Thank you so much for always joining us. Ndinao to you, Wezo Leke, Efua. How are you? I greeted you in Eve. Um, if you are in the Volta region or you speak uh, Eve at all, I just said good morning. You're welcome. Come into the room. Share, 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 share. Um, I just greeted you in the uh, Ashanti language. A couple of variations of that. Thank you so much for joining us. to you. If you speak Zulu, I greet you. I greet you. Thank you for joining us. Ibella to you. Ibiokibari to you. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I greeted you in Moshi. How are you? Te Oyo Tang. OJ Ko to you. It is wonderful to see you. If you speak Gan, thank you for joining us. Lale to you. If you speak Chadian Arabic, how are you from the bottom of Africa? Hello, Chad. It is wonderful to see you guys. Into 
Mafet to you. How are you? It is wonderful to see you. Salam alaikum to you if you speak Arabic. It is absolutely incredible to see you. Ekaro to you if you speak Yoruba, all of our um, Yoruba speaking friends in Nigeria, indeed, all around the world. We greet you. We greet you. Nagadef to you if you speak Wolof. How are you, my Senegalese friends? Habari Ghani. Jambo to you. Karibu sana. And Yaure to you if you speak Swahili. How are you? It is wonderful to see you. Kotong to you. Amohelang to you if you speak Sesotho. Botswana, what's up? It is wonderful to see you. Hopefully the weather is letting up a little bit uh, for all of you in south southern parts of Africa. Thank you so much for joining us. Domilaki to you if you speak Bisa. Of course, Kotolii to you if you speak Fofoldi uh, and you are Fulani. I always have to watch my words there. Akei <laughs> to you. Uh, to all of our friends in Haiti, Sherry, good morning to you. Bom dia if you speak Portuguese. Bonjour if you speak French. Bonjourno for all of our Italian friends. And of course, buenos dias, maraba. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Again, the show is to my younger self. My name is Zoe Baraka. Listen, today a legend is in the house. Let's see, Pastor Kofi Chisa, I know you're watching us from Ghana. How are you, sir? It is wonderful to see you. Hey, all of you in the UK, what's up? Ndina, to you, my friend, Kemi Pendlebury. How are you? I like saying your name. Makes me sound very fresh and posh. Pendleberry. <laughs> it sounds like some English tea that you drink. Anyway, you know I'm pulling your legs, right? Hey, share, 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 share. All righty, let's go on and introduce our legend, our legend. Okay, I've told the story before. I'm going to say it real quick. This legend's uh, name came into my peripheral when I was quite, quite old, you know, very shamefully to my, not to my credit at all. Um, I don't know why, you know, but in film school, they would uh, let us do this thing where we would learn how to do music videos. Um, and of course, I chose the legend Yusundor to do a music video, one of his songs called My Hope Is In You. Um, and I thought I was it, right? Like, mm -hmm, you did something. But one of my classmates, did a music video on a song titled Mary, as in, I think it's, it means I'm finished or I am done. Um, you know, it has a lot of meanings and connotations, but I am done playing Maria Magrodi. And the vision and the imagery she painted, I was quite jealous. I was like, oh my God, who is this and what song is this? And that is when I started listening to uh, this legend. I was a little over, um, I don't want to give away my age, but yeah, a little over 15 years ago. Let's go with that. Let's pretend that's it. <laughs> but Bernard John Cobina Brackle is the name that would always be synonymous with contemporary highlight music, not only in his beloved homeland of Ghana, West Africa, heyo, but all over the world. Listen, all of this, um, the internet is your friend. If we're going to tell you everything about Uncle Ben, you are going to just be inundated. So why don't you Google um, Ben Bracco and then you're going to go, oh, that's him. 
right? So please, please do that. Anyway, time and again, he has earned the privilege of seeing his name added to the legends of the highlight music industry. This is very, very true, time and again. Simply known as Ben Bracco, or as I have decided to start calling him, Noafa uh, Ben. <laughs> he enjoys a popularity that reaches all the way back to the 60s. Wow, I did not know that. Back to his days as a schoolboy at St. Augustine's College, it was there that he became the lead singer for the then nationally acclaimed school band, Famous Flames. It was at St. Augustine's College that Ben Bracco emerged and became the first ever Ghanaian to rise to national teenage pop stardom. Wow. The formidable talent and prowess of a young Ben Bracco and his fellow bandmates led to the famous flames being in high demand all over the country as they blazed a trail and made a significant impact in the music industry during their summer holidays. Listen, the, the bio is long. His EPK is long. His uh, musicology is long. You just have to go and do all of the research for yourself. I just wanted to give you a little bit of, of him. Um, and also the fact that, listen, he went to one of the best schools, right? St. Augustine's, right? But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please, please help me welcome the absolutely indefatigable, the absolutely incredible conversationalist here to share stories with us, the legend himself, Ben Bracco. How are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just listening to you already lifts me up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is wonderful to see you. Oh yes. my God. Thank you so much for saying yes to us and thank you for being on the show today. You're welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. Wow, I am so in awe uh, and I'm fangirling a lot and I'm giggling a lot, but I'm gonna hand over the show to more for Ben. You know, I always do that. I try to be famous by proxy by giving them a very cute name that makes you think I really know them and I'm close <laughs> to them. <laughs> All of these incredible guests that we have coming through. So Uncle Ben, the show is yours. We're ready to hear from you. Take us away. Well, thank you. Uh... Don't go away, though. <laughs> I'm right here with you. I'm just Wonderful. going to be smiling and hearing you. Yeah. Okay, so my name is Ben Bracco. That's how I'm known um, all over. But uh, my traditional name is Kobna Chematin Bracco. Wow. Yes. And, in fact, I'm, I'm a chief, so I'm Nana Nana. Chermantin. Chermantin. Mm. Wow. There's a him of a single one in mm. the central region, yes. And um I have I have grown up so much over so many years. I have so many stories. Even my stories about my experiences in my sixties mm. still feel like childhood stories. You know, in wait, the hold up, Uncle in ben. the 80s. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> ben, hold up there. Uh -huh. You said in your 60s, how old are you? You you cannot be in your 60s, and I'm not placating you. I'm actually being serious. I'm 71 years old. I almost said bloody hell, but we're not gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, I'm 71 oh years old. God. Or shall I say 71 years young? You are 71 years young. That is yeah. incredible. Really? Wow. Thank you. 
Oh God. Okay. I just had to interject that. All right. I'll, I'll be quiet. Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll, I'd like to tell a couple of stories, but the first one is, uh, was very, um, you know, important in the sense that it was an experience, you know, when we were young, uh, we, we lived in so many places because my father was in agriculture, particularly cocoa. And so we used to go to various, various villages and stay there for years. And then when he's been transferred, we go back to my grandmother in uh, Cape Coast. So I must have attended before secondary school, at least 10 to 12 different schools, you know. Hmm. Anyway, uh, this story relates to uh, one school called Philip Kwaku Boys School in Cape Coast. And this is at the beach near the castle. And we lived in a place called Sudu, which is uh, almost on the outskirts of Cape Coast, as you're getting towards Adisado. So it's a long, long walk. And you know, at that time, I must have been about five or six years old, you know, but then I had my big brother, you know, that we went to school together. So at least I had company in that long walk. And strangely enough, sometimes we have to walk back uh, for afternoon break to eat lunch and then walk back to school <laughs> and, then close and then walk back. So it was a fantastic exercise, I guess. Anyway, uh, one of these days, I don't know what happened to my brother, but I think he left the school. And I was feeling uh, adventurous. No, I did something wrong. And the, and the headmaster was very strict he used to lash us and i was so scared that i decided not to go to school the next oh day oh my god uh, so i went what they call a robot that means you know you're pretending to go to school but you go out and do <laughs> like Kubalokakra. oh yes ah. so, so this day i went i didn't go to school i, I, ended, up, I ended up playing with some truant boys you know that i didn't know and I found it actually boring after a while, but I, I didn't dare to go to school, you know, because they were whipped me. And somehow my grandmother got wind. You know, in those days, everybody knows everybody, you know, and especially because of my color, I was, I stood out, you know. Wow. So somebody came and hinted, ah, this is your grandson, I saw him playing somewhere, you know, at, you know, at school time. So my grandmother, very strict disciplinarian. She also doesn't spread a whip. So, <laughs> so when I got home, um, she didn't say anything, but she told the lady who was living with us that when I'm going to school the next day, she should follow me at a distance, you know, make sure I don't see her. So she will know where I'm going because she believes that I'm not going to school. And so I left, you know, like I'm going to school. I walked, uh, so I got to this place. This place, a school, which is about halfway called Jubilee School in Cape Coast. And they have this big park where, you know, children play. So that's where I went. It's big gutters there, you know, with pipes. In it. So we roll around it. We do play football, all kinds of things. And when I got there, 
you know, I wasn't sure what to do. I was, my eyes were shifting here and there, deciding what to do. Before I knew, this woman said, hey, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I it was this lady who lives with us. I said, oh, what are you doing yesterday? Ne -ne why, why are you, your eyes darting all over the place? This is not your school. You should be going. I said, oh, yeah, you see, you don't go to school. <laughs> so she grabbed me and took me to the school. Oh, my God. My goodness. And the headmaster whipped me soundly, you know. Mm. And, um, you know, that was uh, my first, because I, I, was, I was a good boy, really, you know. Mm. But once in a while, I wanted to test the boundaries, you know, see, you know, what others experienced. And the interesting thing is that after the first, I think this was a couple of days before they cottoned on to what I was doing. I, I got bored with nothing to do, you know? And, and these people wanted to do all kinds of silly things which I didn't really find interesting. And so I was, I'll be waiting the time out. Can you believe it? You know, <laughs> all because I was scared that you know, they were whipping me. And I ended up getting whipped anyway. Anyway, right. You know, <laughs> and the woman was like, you are not going to school. I'm going to yeah. <laughs> yeah, she marched me to school, you know, and oh there was nothing I could God. do. You know? Wow. So that was a, that was a great experience. And, <laughs> <laughs> what was the lesson you picked from that one, though? Yeah, yeah. Is there a lesson that you got from that experience? Like, go to school every day or... Don't lie to your grandmother. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, um, it was a good experience for me because mm. it showed me that I can take independent decisions, mm. okay? And I had the opportunity to do really bad things, but I didn't because that wasn't my intention. Mm. It was just that uh, I messed up one way or the other and, you know, I was finding it difficult to face up so it taught me one lesson that face up to your take responsibility. Yes, take responsibility yeah. for your mistakes. You know, what is the worst that could happen? You know, a little gripping here and there. That's yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. So wow. that was that was a very interesting experience for me. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Now another experience which few people know about me is that. Uh, there, my father and my mother had eight of us, mm. okay, and uh, <clears throat> I was the the heaviest by weight at birth, you know, wow. and I was left-handed. I was so left-handed that, you know, it was not funny, you know, and because of that, I got into a lot of trouble because mm. my grandmother was a strict Methodist and a disciplinarian disciplinarian you know and you know traditionally you don't use your left when they're giving you something or you're shaking somebody and so you know as soon as i i use my left i get a slap or i get a whip you know and uh this was bad enough at home but at school the teacher kept whipping me oh my god for using my left and i couldn't understand it at that point that, what the hell is the difference you know, I mean, this is how I react normally. So it got so bad that um, 
apparently, I, at one time I went into uh, convulsions. Oh. Yes, I went into convulsions because I felt so oppressed and, you know, uh, unhappy, you know, oh I couldn't understand. And I went into this, this convulsions and um, actually uh, passed out. I mean, I was, I was not conscious for some time. This was a very significant experience in my life. Because after a while, when I came to, I was right-handed. What? Yes. I still had some, you know, left-handed, you know, uh, indications, but I was right-handed. And the thing that was even more significant about this thing was that I had lost like a year, you know, that I couldn't remember. You see what I mean? So I think the experience was so bad that it just, my, my, my. Your spirit, brain blocked. Yeah, just, just, just blanked it out, you know. And it's like I had to catch up. So like my, within my family, my brother, my big brother, you know, didn't understand what was happening to me. And he used to tease me that I'm slow. You know, I, I, was, I was afraid of chickens, you know. I got attacked by uh, some uh, what they call a cocoa century, you know. <laughs> I know a cocoa, but I don't know a cocoa century. The one that has, you know, like it's not well feathered, you know, it's like oh. and they, they are they are a bit wild, you know. I got and so I was scared of chicken, you know. And at the, at that age, I you know I was, I should have been used to chickens, mm -hmm. you know, because we, we lived in the areas in where we, yeah. we actually had chickens all over. And then one of the things that I was really scared of was, was sharp noises, like when they fire muskets, you know, oh, I would just, wow. I would just run. You know, you. Yeah. And even the motorbikes of those, they were very loud. When they started motorbike, I would just, you know, get scared and run. So it took me some time to, to catch up to my age, you know, because I was also being teased as being slow, a bit, uh, a bit dumb, you know, that kind of thing. And my mm. brother didn't spare me at all, but it was good for me because it made me react, you know, and I fought back, fought back. And then uh, it took me a long time, but I came to, I, ca I, I caught up and, you know, it taught, oh me, <laughs> taught me a few lessons that, you know, you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to um, fight to get to where you want, you know, because uh, people are unforgiving, you know. Uh, they don't understand you. They don't know your issues, and they just make assumptions. So, you know, the, the important thing is that uh, I wasn't bitter about this, you know. I just, uh, I believe I got smarter than all of them. <laughs> I actually believe so too, but I am still, you know, for everyone that was born left-handed, you know, I remember those days when they would let you put your fingers together like that, and then they'll put the ruler. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, that all that, yeah. so you're not able to write. The edge of the ruler, yeah. The edge of the ruler, and it's so painful. Um, but also, it, it gives you the impression why the left-handed person was so despised 
what happened. I, 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 till date, I still keep trying to figure out what the reason is in Ghana. To it, you know, and the rationale, as I came to find out, is that uh, when you go to toilet, you use your left hand mm. to wipe yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, because the sort of hygienic stuff was not available, so it was very important that the left does the dirty things and the right does the clean things. But who allocated that? That's the question. Well, because majority of people are right-handed. Overwhelming majority, actually. I get that, uh -huh. still. <laughs> yeah. But um, so for them, it was a question of health and hygiene, you know. Uh, you know, in their own way, you know, they, they had a rationale to it and I could understand it, but I think that the method that they used, you know, instead of teaching me, you know, uh, joyfully and, you know, happily, you know, they decided to brutalize me. Right. That I is what for I'm me stuck. is wrong. Yeah. Right. That's where I'm stuck. But yeah. also, wouldn't the rationale be that if I'm left handed, then obviously I would do all the clean things with my left because that's my dominant one. So then obviously, whatever <laughs> dirt you think I am doing with my right, it would mean that you probably don't even want my right hand because it's not a dominant hand. So that's probably what would do the dirty stuff if that's the rationale they had behind it. I mean, that's what I'm thinking, right? No, because, you know, like, if most people were right-handed, mm -hmm. but they would use their left to do the dirty things. Mm -hmm. Now, you are left-handed, Okay. And you're not aware of this rush now. So you use your left hand for everything. You see mm. what I mean? Uh -huh. mm. So the, the left was def deliberately marked out for the dirty. And <laughs> I still have such a difficulty uh, with that. I well, really, really do. But well, the unfortunate part of this whole thing is the fact that you blanked out. And when you came to you'd lost a whole year yeah which probably was very psychological but unfortunately i guess because of our history or our culture or the way we just grow up kids are never thought to have psychological issues or even given the time of day with that right yes, so yes if you yes. went through any kind of trauma you didn't even have a chance to process it in fact they made it worse for you by yeah. laughing at you. And I think it's a phenomenon that uh, occurs more in the households who think that they have, uh, you know, progressed. Mm -hmm. Like, they, you know, some of them are schooled and, mm -hmm. you know, they, like my grandmother was married to a white man. Oh. And, you know, church and everything. So it was like, they, they felt that they were, a cut above mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. traditional society, you know, huh? and which makes me question wouldn't they have known then? I mean, at that point, I guess maybe even white people didn't realize what psychology was <laughs> because your grandfather would have known that. Well, I, I, I never met my never grandfather, met him. okay, never I get met him. yeah, yeah, wow. and, uh, uh, I don't know what how he was going, it would have been yeah. like, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, my grandmother, you see, that's one of the fallacies we have in African and third world countries, that mm -hmm. the people who think they know everything, 
mm-hmm. are rather the ignorant people. True, yes. Because they don't they know, know enough about traditional wisdom mm. and, and knowledge base, you mm. know, and the rationale behind several, you know, many, many, many cultural, you know, uh, acts. Yeah. They don't know because they oh. weren't brought up in the culture, mm-hmm. you know, because of school. School takes you away and, you know, and uh, then gives you yeah, some. It, indoctrinates food. you yeah. and makes you think that everything about your traditional society is wrong. Mm-hmm. So uh, they think that because they know the white man's way, at least a bit, that they are better. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, they don't know their own way and they don't know the white man's way like white man. so, so they're lost you know you're just stuck in the middle there yeah. very uncomfortable middle yeah yeah you, but they don't know that you're not see? going and you're not ha. coming you're just they like feel right so there. superior yes you know? yes yeah. i absolutely agree to yeah. that wow listen if you just joined us uh this is to my younger self and of course my name is zoe baraka i'm in the studio with uh Mawafa ben Braco. There's a funny story behind that because I said to him, um, I have another Uncle Ben. I, I call him Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben. So if I call him Uncle Ben, I will be confused. <laughs> and then so I said, how do they say my uncle in Fanti? And he says, Moafa. And I said, that's what I'm going to call you. So that's where we are. <laughs> but uh, we're in the studio with the incredible legend, Ben Vrakel, and he's shared some incredible stories. If you missed it, please, please, you definitely need to do a replay when you come in. Uh, when you come, you know, you, you start to replay again sometime later in the week, because I know a lot of you watch us during the week now uh, because of work schedules and the fact that we're up early on Tuesdays. What's up with that on this show? We're trying to change that, I promise. Uh, but what I wanted to do was um, I went searching. I went searching looking for um, this particular song that really captivated me about Uncle Ben. Um, and I couldn't find the music video of it, but we're going to use it as our closing uh, outro today. But this particular one definitely got my attention. And we're going to play it just so you see uh the beauty of the arrangement of the songs. I was taken aback because I got to see some incredible things that I'd forgotten about. You know, it gave me a lot of nostalgia and it also gives me um, the vibe of good love. You know, like just being in love with a good person, you know, and uh, this is a song uh, that our uncle, Uncle Ben, uh, I guess, produced and, and, and definitely arranged and sang in it and all that. And I want to make an assumption that the lady in there is his wife. I am not going to say. <laughs> I am not going. To, I, I will let him uh, say that. But here we go. Uh, hopefully I got it right. I think I did. Here we go. Coming up, guys. Ah, oh, 
play the whole song <laughs> no we're not <laughs> go on youtube type in aduma by ben Bracco, and you will find it and play it okay because again in so doing we're supporting ben Bracco uh by getting him more views and that way he gets paid more by by youtube just so you know that's how we help each other in africa okay yeah. we're communal people so i am not giving it all away <laughs> you have to watch it and and kind of um see i mean seeing that iron the singer machine oh my god i just got so many memories and um you know her sitting and doing the sewing um i just got such incredible good memories of being back home and just how simple and easy life was and hopefully it still is that way um and just laughter, laughter, a lot of good laughter, but also it gave me the feeling of a king and a queen just being in their space, absolutely embodying the spaces they were in. And I just loved the song so much, the opening intro, everything about the song is incredible. And so for those of you who don't know who Ben Bracco is, this is one of his creations. And of, there is just so many, so many of them out there. And you definitely want to, a lot of collaborations he's done with young people, which I really, really like. Um, and I just, I think this week, that's what I did. I just imbibed myself with a lot of <laughs> songs, you know, uh, and you should do that. It would just give you such incredible, good memories of being in Africa, you know. All right, Uncle Ben, over to you. I thought I should surprise you with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, literally, that track is called Aduma. Mm -hmm. Aduma mm -hmm. is the name of a uh, uh, girl. You know, mm, uh, in Ghana, and, yeah. And um, I wrote that song many years before mm. I met my wife. Wow. Yeah. And uh, when I played it to her the first time, she was shocked. She said, ah, mm. did you have another Aduma in your life? I said, no. <laughs> and your wife called Aduma? Yes. Oh, my God. You know, and uh, said, ah, so how did you write such a song? Who did you write? I said, I don't know. It's just, uh, you get these inspirations and you do them, you know? So she really loved that song because she, she thought that, you, you know. You called her into your life. You just yeah, knew. Yeah, you know. Oh, my God. And that's her acting with me. Uh -huh, she's actually a pediatrician, mm. you know. Uh, but 
she loves the traditional stuff so much. And you can see the way she dressed uh -huh. with the red flag and everything, you know, calabash for everything. Uh, yeah, you know, and even the duku, uh -huh. you know. Her. So it fits in very, very well with me, you know, with what I do, you know, which wow. is incredible. Yes. Oh my God. Now I'm saying, <laughs> I really want to hear the story of how you met, but that's not, <laughs> that's not why we're here because I'm thinking, wait, when you met her and her name was Aduma, for example, did you go, ah, I have a song titled Aduma. Yeah, I should hook up with her, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, uh, even though Aduma is a name, she's not known by that mm. name. Uh -huh. mm. So, it was uh, a revelation to me myself wow. when, when uh, she had a much song. later. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. And there's something else I want to tell you, mm -hmm. Zoe, that you didn't know, but I'm revealing today that you are actually named after me. What? <laughs> <laughs> you see, they wanted what? to call you. Braco, but they couldn't pronounce it well, so it ended up Baraka. <laughs> First of all, sure, I'll take it. But what does Braco mean? <laughs> Braco is like the struggle of life. Mm. You know, the struggle of life. You know, life, even living alone is a kind of struggle, not a bad struggle, but it is an effort. Mm. you know mm. her. and to do, to live right it takes you know a lot of work. intention and you know application mm. so that is what braco is oh yeah. so bra uh, bra is life bra is life yes and then braco is fight yes so life fight yeah man our languages are just so beautiful you never think about these things until somebody opens the veil a little bit and you go i get that that is incredible. You know, maybe I was named after you because <laughs> <laughs> life has been throwing me a couple of doozies and I feel like I'm always like in a in a boxing match or something, always fighting with life or something. So who knows? Maybe that's what it was and they didn't know and they added another A and another A. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and it became something else. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I know you have way more stories to share with us. So yeah. uh, I thought I would give you a little bit of a break with the song. And then, okay. you know, you okay. can continue. So let me that. share this other story, which mm -hmm. I was much more grown up. Mm -hmm. I, I, I went to the University of Ghana to study agricultural science. Agricultural economics is what I specialized mm -hmm. in, actually. I cannot but, reconcile you with that. Every <laughs> single time, I'm like, agricultural? Huh? Yes, yes. I actually taught agricultural science in Achimota wow. for, yeah, for my national service, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Anyway, the, the story here is very interesting because it opened my eyes mm. to things that I was aware of but had not taken note mm. of. You know, I, I, I could see them, but I didn't put any import on them. Mm -hmm. So for my um, dissertation, for my degree, mm -hmm. uh, I was asked to go and collect data on some cocoa farms in a, a village called Namong, near oh, Ofinso oh. uh -huh. in the Ashanti region. And uh, I was given a week's budget, you know. So I was instructed that when I go there, in Ofinso, there'll be uh, 
a cocoa office from the Ministry of Agriculture, Cocoa Affairs. And if I go there, uh, I can access the data from the farms in Namong mm -hmm. and then be able to uh, get the data I want and analyze it to see what is the best cultural practice to get the most yield from cocoa because we mm -hmm. have things like uh, weeding, how often you, you, you brush the, the farms, the trees, uh, how often you harvest mm -hmm. and how often you spray insecticides, you know, and a few other factors. Okay. So I went merrily on my way, arrived at uh, Ofinso on a Sunday, uh, got booked myself into a, like a, what do you call it? A small hotel place there, you know, uh, and uh, the first thing on the Monday, I went to the office, you know, feeling very good at very you know. official <laughs> so, very very university -like. yeah university young man you know finished you know full of greater you know enthusiasm so i got there so i said uh, can i talk to the chief they took me to the uh, the head of the place so what can i do for you? i said well i'm here to collect data on cocoa farms you know in uh namong you know to do some, my dissertation, so, to collect what I said, the data, the data, you know, like the yield, mm -hmm. you know, the various practices they do on their farms so that we can analyze it and, you know, determine the optimum number of practices for each, you know, uh, each practice, you know, like how many times you weed, how many times you spray, how many times you yeah. harvest and all that. So, and who told you we have such data here? We don't keep such things. Oh my! He says God. here all we do is that we supply insecticides, you know, uh, to the farms. And you know, later on the, the messenger told me that they don't supply; they just sell them. <laughs> you know. Anyway, that's by the by. So he said, "Look, if you like, I will let the messenger take you to." this village you know then you meet the farmers themselves and then they can tell you what they do and you collect your data oh so, my wow. god yes so it changed the whole plan you know i was just supposed to go to the office collect my data a couple of days you know and then maybe go and visit some of the farms but you know right. that that was even an extra so uh that very day because it was morning I said, then let's get cracking because, you know, it's going to, and you have to walk about three to five miles in the bushes from uh, Offensive to get to Namong, you know. And so we walked to the place and uh, we, we saw a few people. It, it looked like a very quiet, sedate place. And there were not many people, children, mothers, and old men and those who are sick. So I asked for the farmers. Nobody was around. Apparently, they are all gone to their farms, you know, because they live very early right. to go to their farms. So the, 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 the people that I got, uh, they were retired farmers or people who were sick, and they were not really forthcoming, mm -hmm. you know. And, and I was collect, collecting the day. I needed 100 samples, and I was getting like, two to three in a day, 
You need it like four weeks. For that <laughs> yeah. like you need four legitimate weeks. Yes. So, like I said, after three days of that, I said, no, 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 this is not going to work. I have only two days left. And uh, I haven't even collected, you know, like 20. You know, so how, how is this going to work? So the messenger said, I beg, if you like it, let's go and see the chief. I said, oh, you too. <laughs> you know, I have a serious <laughs> problem. They're talking about a chief. So too much work already. Yeah, I said, no, 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 no. I beg you, let's go and see the chief. So I was so desperate. I said, okay, let's go and see the chief. I wonder what this, what this is all about. So we went and asked permission to talk to the chief. As soon as the chief saw me, he said, you, you think you can come into our village and just walk around. You don't greet, you don't, you know, come and ask who is the head or any final. You don't tell us what you want. You just come and then you go and the people will get what you want and go. Is this how you were brought up? I said, hey, I beg you. I didn't know wow. this. I said, yes, that is not how you behave. You think I don't know that you are here. I know that you are here. And I know what you're doing. And I know that it's the government that has sent you to come and talk to the farmers so that you can access them for taxes. You know, and nobody's going to give you any information. I said, no, 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 I'm not from government. I'm, I'm a student. You know, I'm just doing my, you know, final exam yeah. and I need to present data. And I'm just doing this analysis which will help the farmers, mm -hmm. you know, to know the best way to handle their farms to get the optimum yield. Mm -hmm. I said, are you sure you're not from the government? I said, no, I'm not from the government. He says, okay. Come tomorrow. Come very early. By 6 o'clock, you're here. Eh? And I will let you talk to the people. And if they agree with you, they'll give you what you want. So I thanked him. I apologized again for not knowing the right uh, yeah. protocol. And then I left with this messenger. So the messenger saved my life there. Anyway, we went back and uh, <laughs> he said, we have to go early. We have to go early. The man, has, the chief has said, can be there by six. Charlie, we had to walk and all that. So me too, I got ready by six. Before we got there, it was about 6.30. And I swear, what I saw, you know, I will never forget it. The whole goddamn village was assembled, you know. Wow. Yes, the whole village. And the chief was sitting there in state, and everybody was there, you know. And the chief, when he said, ah, I told you to be here at six. Eh? You are wasting our time. These people, they would have to go to their farm soon. <laughs> eh? If they get angry, they'll go. And then, so he said, anyway, you are here. And he told them what happened the previous day that I came to see him. He, he accused me of being for the government and I denied it. I said, I'm a student. So he said, okay, he will let me talk to you, you people. And if you agree, you give him what he wants. Hmm. So I started speaking tree. <laughs> and, you know, my tree was not, you know, a bit incoherent, you know, and yeah, I, I just wasn't cutting it. Then the messenger said, oh, I should let him 
because he's uh, of the area. Yes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And he too was talking off point, was saying all kinds yeah. of things. That <laughs> <laughs> so always the case. Right? I took over again. I if said, look, 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 look. <laughs> uh -huh. So I started speaking in English because that's where I could, uh, you know, I mean, you could myself well. Yeah. And um, uh, they, they were not obviously, obviously not following me. Following so you, I started right. using big, big words. And they said, Master, 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 it's okay, it's okay. Stop it. You, you, whatever you want, we'll give you because we have to go to the house. <laughs> what you're saying, but we don't understand. But we'll give you. Oh my so God. They formed five tables, you know, with my questionnaires on. And uh, within a question of an hour, I had all the data I needed. You had all 100, maybe more. All 100. I mean, I prepared for 100, maybe a few spares, but I mean, I was amazed, you know? Wow. And you see, it showed me straight away the difference mm. between the traditional system, which is so organized and, you know, has been honed over years that they know what they're doing. And the government system, which is so haphazard, that mm. the COCO Affairs Office did not even have, have nothing. data. Nothing, you know? And all they were doing there was actually trying to cheat the cocoa farmers, you know, because, you know, they would, they would weigh the cocoa and then, you know, bias the scale so that it, it, it reads less so they can pay them less and then pocket the difference, oh. you know. So actually, I realized that in a lot of senses, government was not for the people. Mm. It was there to serve a different purpose, you wow. know, uh -huh. and you know either it's self-serving or serving outside interest. It was. It was. A, a, an you have made such a big statement: self-serving or serving outside interest. Yes, you know. Wow. Actually, that is how government. That is what government was pre-independence. You see what I mean? And the people always knew that government was not for them. That's why they call it a ban, you know? And a ban means war. What? Or, yeah, or garrison or prison. I so, never knew that. Yes, yes. That is what a ban means when they say, when they say. So it, a ban is the uh, Akan name for government. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. And you see, when you understand this, it explains a lot about governance in Ghana. Because everybody, they say, Aban, you understand what that means? No. It means that you don't carry it, you don't use your efforts on it, you drag it behind you. You know, it's like a rabbit dog that you are trying to get back home. You just drag it, you know. Uh, huh. That is the traditional attitude towards government. They don't trust government. And then that's why when I went to the village, they were they thought I'd come from government to try and take taxes off them, more taxes, you know. Yes. Uh, and as, as, as soon as I was able to reassure them that I'm not from government, they relaxed and saw me as a, as a friend. Wow. Yeah, you know. And that taught me a lot about how actually organized the traditional system is, okay? Because it was a direct experience, you know? Uh, even though I lived in villages before, I never actually had 
uh, a real experience as such mm. like this. And I was very young then, you know. Mm. But this taught me. So I began to think about all the things I'd seen and I realized that these people were so organized. They know what they're they, doing. They, knew, they know what they're doing. Yes. And even though somebody came and said, your way is wrong, let's, let's teach you another way of doing and we'll hmm. call it another name, democracy or whatever they call it. Now you're talking, it feels to me as though that what we had was the democracy. Yes, that's definitely the case. And, 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 and the colonialists are aware of it. They were aware of it. But they didn't want that. That was our strength. Because they wanted to exploit us, they weakened that as much as possible. They, they sidelined it. That's why they, they, they even uh, sent some of our strong chiefs into exile. You know? Because that was our strength. And then they used the educational system to uh, indoctrinate us to, to, to belittle our culture. So everything traditional was evil, was bad, was archaic, was awkward, was, uh, you know. Not good. Not good. Not good. Uh, apparently not godly yeah. either. You know, uh, either it was voodoo or too pagan yes. or, you know. Um, there's so many stories that they, yeah. they weave around that. And I am yeah. so sad. I think suddenly I feel like I am so intelligent, Uncle Ben, because suddenly I'm like, I know what Aban means. <laughs> <laughs> it means war. I mean, if you put us a name like that on, 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 on a government, it's always going to be a warring situation. And no wonder it's been at war forever since we've had it. Yeah. You know, because and it's for the whites. Okay, mm. it was for the whites. Now, the current, the people who took over Aban, mm. they were the white people's people. You see what I mean? They had trained them to speak English and write English, and mm. so they could administer. And they were keen to become the new Abrofu. You know, mm. get into their bungalows, get their cars and their allowances, and you their know. tiny little black... <laughs> Cars. Yeah, you know, so the they were so happy. They became uh, the the leaders in the in the communities because mm. the were the leaders. And when they vacated, the people who came, so it strengthened the idea that going to school, learning English, becoming becoming more European, was the way forward. You know. <laughs> and somebody said it's still happening. It and is very still true. happening. The antidote is so true. Yeah. You I know? mean, it's even worse now, you know. You know, this your experience is so incredible to me because I'm Im imagining it as in a film. And I don't know at what time of day you met the chief for the first time. But let's say you met the chief even the morning of the day you, you went to meet him or in the afternoon how he's able to rally the entire village inside of a couple of hours so that yeah. the next day, everybody altered their plans to be at the village square because the chief said, come. Obviously, it wasn't, a, I don't think it was an autonomy as in because the chief said it, you have to be there. I'm sure they had ways of saying, oh, I can't make it or whatever, but 
for one reason or another, the chief had said it. And so they all showed up. Inside yes. of a couple of hours, that organization yeah. is highly tactical. Yeah, because you see, they work as a unit. And this is one of the things that uh, we are losing, which is so sad because they see themselves as a unit. Okay. And the chief is one of them. You understand? Mm -hmm. uh, the work, the, they have systems that make sense because you have like the families. Mm. Okay. And it's the extended families, you know, because of the same bloodline. Right. And then the families have what they call Ibushia Pengin, the head of the family. Mm -hmm. Now, the different Ibushia Pengins of the different families come together and then uh, they, they choose a head who's, who becomes the Odikru. Okay? Mm. So the, 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 the Ibushia Pengin himself the is. Odikru is. Does that mean <laughs> loosely translated, he, he eats the city? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it, it was literally it would mean that you know i'm, I'm yeah. trying to be very historical right now <laughs> what Ojikro means he handles he has the city what you know okay yeah so the Odikro um really represents the crew the small uh you know each family uh or group of families come together to form a small like Hamlet or something within right. that. So that is the head of those families. They come together oh, and choose one. one. And so they empower the Odikro. The Odikro has to have the agreement of the majority of the families to, you know, in decision making. And then the Odikros also come together and choose what they call the sub chief. And then the sub chiefs come together and choose the paramount chief and empower the paramount chief. So the power structure is actually from bottom up. And everybody and everybody has a say in every decision. Okay. It's not just that once a year you go to vote for somebody that you don't know from Adam. You don't know whether they, they, they don't they don't know your, your issues, your problems, nothing. And you go and vote for them because they have been put up by parties, which you don't really understand what the party stands for. You know what I mean? As, let's say, a, a typical villager, you know? So, you know, so, I mean, it, it, is, it, is, it is complete, you know, anathema, this system that we are running. And it's so foolish. No, you but know. see, now I'm even getting a little more upset, Uncle Ben, because it feels to me as though they came, whoever they are, and studied our traditional system, told us it wasn't good, but they took it away with them. Because when you go into uh, the European parliamentary system, that is exactly how it is structured. So even wow. though it's a party system, they still have you know, parliament, like parliament of this and par sub-parliament of that and sub-parliament of that and the Senate hand and the, you know, constituent this. And it's like very, and everything trickles down to the voter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so even though it could be a two-party system or whatever, 
it worked better because they understood our system and they took it. But then, oh yeah, we one, just one thing about everything. When they came, they 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 brought experts on every field, so they knew everything. You know, but there's a book called uh, "The Road to Kumasi" mm. from Kumasi. You know, that the first white guy who actually went to the uh, Mencia Palace, you know, uh, that's the story he wrote. And it's very, very interesting because the, the observations he made, they, look, they had uh, people who would uh, plot the whole landscape, landscape mm -hmm. and know all the rivers and the tributary trees. They know all the vegetation, everything. You know, they were not just coming, you know, they came to look at the assets, right? And look, you know, study the people know exactly how they comport themselves. When they went to the, the guy went to the Mishap Palace the first time, he was amazed about how organized the place was. And what, what even shocked him most was that there were ingots of gold lying all over and he said hey that's gold why are you leaving it unprotected like that so nobody will touch it nobody will touch it he said nobody will touch it so how will nobody touch it you know you see the integrity the integrity of the people was beyond question you know, because he was shocked because he knew that if in, in where it comes from, they would have stolen it, you know, at the first opportunity. And, you know, and the reason why people would not touch it is because it is counterproductive. They know that if they touch it, they will have a retribution. And it, it, it is part of the uh, traditional uh, uh, spiritual culture. You know, that they have a way of catching whoever the culprit is. And because they have it by experience, they know that you can't do that. You know, and besides, you know, there's enough for everybody in a way. Hmm. You see, that is the difference between us and them. They come from a place of scarcity. Of harsh and climate and everything, you know. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't uh, uh, store things for for the winter, you won't You're survive. Yeah. Mm. And then you have to attack other people and take theirs to survive. So it bred in them a culture of uh, comforting other people's things. Right. Whereas we had everything. I mean, uh, you don't even have to farm. You eat. You just walk. You know, and you see fruits and this and that. Coming and that. out of, yeah. Yeah, you know. Wow, this your story is so deep. We can skin it in so many ways, you know. It, it's, um, yes, yes, you know, and a culture of exploitation. Thank you, uh, Madam Producer. It's crazy, right? Um, Auntie Doris says, Serge, you stand, I'll campaign for you. <laughs> we need wise, knowledgeable leaders. Uh, and then she apologizes for politics. We're not a political platform at all. But the truth no. of the matter is, um, 
going by Uncle Ben's story, then he wouldn't have had to stand for anything at all because then just by birth order or pecking order, his family would nominate him yes. to become the Ibusian Penin. Um, or if he became Obisian, and I'm really I, I'm really trying to plot it in my mind, it became Ibusian Penin, and then the the the, the cohort of all the Ibusian Penins will now choose him as the Odikro, right? And yes, then, the various Ibusian Penins right, will and come then together. The, the, the cohort of the you various uh, Odikros will now choose one as a sub chief, so then he will now become a sub chief. And then the cohort of all the sub-chiefs will now choose him as a paramount chief. But do you see how it goes? It's based on his integrity, how hard he works for the community, and a couple of other things. But it wouldn't be that he went to say, I am the best candidate, choose me, and I'll bring you good fortune. Yes. He didn't have to come Or through bribery point. and corruption. Or through and bribery or saying, here's and a teacher. The other thing is that me. you know yeah. these, are, these are families, these are bloodlines. Mm. So mm -hmm. they know that their reps, yeah. you know, it's their own blood. Are there for them. Uh, yes. So they trust, yes. they trust that, you know, whatever they do, at least they'll be trying to represent their interest. Mm -hmm. It's not like mm -hmm. somebody comes from somewhere, nowhere, you don't know them, they haven't lived in the community, they don't know the issues of the community, mm -hmm. and then they come with money, yes. and then uh, and influence, getting you uh, baseball caps, T-shirts, and, you know, uh, what do you call it? Yogurt and stuff like that, you know, to influence you to vote for them. And you never hear from them again for four well, years. <laughs> four years. You and know, then you, they come back and do it again. It's almost like every single time they're doing pulling a magic trick and, and saying, you know, yes, the magic. <laughs> oh, hey. And then they come and steal your money. And then mm. in four years, they come and bribe you with your own money. And then they do it again. And they do it again. And this you know. is a, the most important question today. How did we lose our way? And guys, it feels like we, we veered away from storytelling. I promise you, though, <laughs> this is all storytelling. Because guess what? Uncle Ben has succeeded in uh, teaching us a couple of words. I just learned the meaning of his name, Draco. Uh, we learned the meaning of the name Aban in um in Ashanti. Now I'm very curious. I want to go and, and ask my father, what do we call government in my native dialect? Because I want to understand it, um, meaning that it's actually war. It is not peace. The government is actually war. That's what our people thought of it and named it that. Um, I have learned the highly organized, skillful way. Um, traditionally, we were set up. And if we could just figure out a way to go back there a little bit, you know, so this is all storytelling. It's just historical storytelling, which I am absolutely loving because we hardly ever really get that on this platform. So this is really, really good. It's like once in a lifetime history lesson right here. Um, but exactly how did we lose our way? And I feel like I know the answer to this if all of the history books are right, or at least some of them are right. We know how we lost our way a little bit. We let it happen to us. Um, and we didn't learn how to fight for ourselves. Um, and yeah. here we are. And unfortunately, those of us who, I think everyone who is an African that lives in another part of the world, like some of us are, um, maybe we're not doing a lot of justice to Africa right now because we didn't stay and become a part of the solution, you know? 
we unfortunately thought we wanted some other kind of life. And <laughs> we, we've gotten that. Yeah. I, I don't know. to think about it, you know, yeah. because you realize the number of Ghanaians who have benefited from our educational system. Okay. Spend so much, so many resources mm. training them, and they end up serving other economies. Okay. And that is our resource that brain we are in for free. Yes. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not even just the brain, brain, but the fact that it takes so many, so much to bring them to speed. Okay. Mm. But don't forget that they are trained to serve those systems. Because here we don't have uh, the, the, that kind of structure of system, okay? Mm. So when you put them here, they don't know what to do. Mm. But if you give them, put them in a structured system and say this, they'll follow it faithfully and they work even better than the, 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 the native people there. You know what I mean? Yes. So, so, you know, it's all beginning to make sense that they were doing all this for their own interest and not ours. Hmm. And, you know, our people fare for it, you know? Yes. You know, it's so interesting. I, I One of my cousins told me this and then I looked it up and read it myself. But a couple of, I don't know, maybe months or weeks ago, and I won't mention the name, the name of the nation, but one of the Western nations uh, was having an issue with their health system and uh, trying to infuse money into the health system for insurance and all that. And they didn't know where to get it from the national coffers. And the leader said this, he says, oh, we can find the money very easily in a couple of months. We will just increase immigration fees. <laughs> And we can cover that in a few months. We'll just increase immigration fees and all the immigration laws and stuff like that. So what they've essentially done is they've made the country, that particular country, they made it a little easier for people to be able to come from Africa mostly. And when they said reform their immigration and they would get it from immigration, they literally meant will get it from immigration fees in Africa. Mm -hmm. That's really it. Mm -hmm. And I want to believe they actually did. In a few months, they got billions. Yes. yes. Billions. Yes. yes. And, and I think now I'm in just a, in a state of, of, of um, recourse as I'm listening to you and I'm going, my God, this conversation is a wake-up call to all of us. I, I like the easiness of things where I am. You know, you can, you can just get on your phone and do a banking thing. You can, <laughs> you can call and customer service is right there being nice to you, even if they don't want to be nice to you. And there's so many systems where we come yeah. from that don't work. You can't even get someone on the phone. Yeah, can, but that's, 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 that's the other thing. I mean, yeah. I think that the, the nature of technology now hmm. is, is working in our favor. If only we knew how to. Uh, we thought about how best to exploit it. Mm. Because, look, 
mobile phone now is making it easily possible all over Africa now to do banking without having to go to a banking hall. Oh, but you do. Even you know, now, you still do. You kind of still have to go to the bank for one reason or another. In certain places, they yeah. have advanced it so well. Mm. You know, mm. they've been very innovative. You know, mm. uh, Kenya, them, you know. Yes. Uh, they, uh, in, so in, in, in Rwanda, is, you know, and mm. Botswana, they are doing stuff, you know. But we insist on just following what the white man has taught us. And we are, mm. you know, Ghana, we're now so behind. Mm. It's, it's not funny. You see mm. what I mean? Mm. And, you know, we have to know that when people come to us and they are not like us, mm. they don't speak like us, they don't behave like us, they are not from our, our midst, then they are out to do us injury. Mm. Okay? Because they must have a certain... Why would they want to represent us if they are not right. part of us? Exactly. They yeah. have an agenda. And we right. should have learned this from the white man long ago. Mm. But we still haven't. Mm. You know? Wow. <laughs> Comta says, sometimes, like Moses, um, you have to leave before you can have impact. Um, well, that's, that's a, a debatable thing. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but also sometimes... Um, the one thing about Moses, though, was that he never lost his identity, even when he was insurgent. He knew he was absolutely an Israelite. He understood what it, mean to be an, it meant to be an Israelite. And when he went back, he wasn't fighting for a political position to make the impact. He knew his assignment and he took it seriously. The problem, though, is with some of us, when we leave, we become detached Yes. from the, the issues back home. I know, for example, if I ever found myself back home, I would be a little detached for a long time. It would take a while for assimilation because yeah. you've been away. That's the problem right there. So it, it's... it's um, it, it, it's, um Look, you defined this thing very clearly when you started yeah. this program and you said that if you don't know where you're coming from, you cannot know where you're going. Where you're going. You know, mm. and this this is us in a nutshell, you know, because mm. now we've, you know, we don't have the education, the traditional education that teaches us what our norms are, what our laws are, what our rules are, what our wisdom is. We don't have any of that. You know, we don't even know how to speak for crying out loud, you know, how to address you know, uh, uh, people, you know, the right way. We, we know we, we just like flotsam. We just blowing with the wind. You know, whatever they they, they dangle before us, we then we follow we it. Just go. You know? right, right. Fool's gold is all that we, we are chasing. We're chasing. Yes. You know, it's so this particular story. And again, if you just joined us, thank you so much for joining us. And as you well know, it's to my younger self, and we're telling stories. Except today, our storytelling has become a history. <laughs> Um, trust Moatha Ben Braco to actually do that. He he literally turned it into a history lesson. He told us a couple of stories about him, his personal life, and if you watch the replay, you will hear all of those stories. But the last story he just shared has um, garnered such discussion, you know, and and we're still you know just trying to pull it apart and, and talk about it and be a part of of maybe the solution. 
one of the things I belong to a platform on WhatsApp. You know how we do. We're always on platforms. And this particular platform is always pointing out what is wrong with Africa and sometimes some good things. But mostly it's just a lot of discourse. We're talking, we're talking, we're talking. We're talking about what's wrong. We're talking about what's going on. We're talking about who is doing what. We're talking and talking and talking. And we're talking about what we should do. And But we're not talking about how we should do it and who we can get to do it with. We're not talking about that. And I don't know how we can do it because it seems to me as though, guys, that we know what the situation is now. We know what the problems are. We've identified them. But we find ourselves stuck in the mud, talking about the issues, but not knowing how to move forward. Classic example, my dear, dear friend, Akusi Asanti says, we need to look back and help our traditional system evolve and strengthen it. Who is the we? That, the we question. That, that is the, is, is, Who is is the, the core of the thing. You know, we, that is, who believes that, if you say that you are a Ghanaian, so what does it mean to say you're a Ghanaian? You have to define yourself. And if you define yourself, you realize who you are. If you, that is, if you define it properly. You see what I mean? And the thing is, we talk a lot, but we don't do anything. Right. Sometimes because after we, this conversation, yeah. we go back to our corners. Yeah, we think that we can throw money at, at things and then, you know, uh, try and uh, import solutions, you know, that did not actually fit with this important solutions have never worked and they still don't work you look at our police force look at our, our civil service they don't make sense because you know they treat ordinary Ghanaians as if they are strangers and then who are these people who are these bush people they can't even speak english you know what are they looking for here look my friend this is not your place go 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 you know in 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 the traditional communities they hate the police I'm telling you, if if you have a problem with somebody, you take them to the police, that means you're trying to kill them. They take you as an enemy, even though it's just a problem, because they're supposed to solve within the community. You go to the police, it becomes a whole different matter. It's a question of how much you can bribe them. It becomes a question of who pays more. It becomes rather protracted. And then you have to go to court. How can we use a court system that is not traditional. And we expect our people to get justice. You know, they don't even understand how it works. And you see, the court system is adversarial. Our system is conciliatory. It's not adversarial. We try to bridge things. We try to make things work. We try to bring peace. It's not like, you know, uh, I'm right, you are wrong. You know, uh, I win, you lose. You know. So the problem is that I think there's pros and cons, and we just need to figure out how to get all the pros without the cons. Because I no, I didn't experience it, but I heard people talk about this, especially in the court system back home, where let's say a woman is wronged in one way or another. The common thread would be, for lack of a better term, the she's raped, for example, um, instead of getting justice for the woman, especially sometimes in a court, in a, in a traditional system, in the bid to become conciliatory, the woman does not get 
full justice for what may have just happened to her. In fact, it is normally just swept under the carpet. The point I'm trying to make is that there is very good points for the traditional system. There is also some, not all, not mostly, but some good points for the uh, uh, judiciary system. How do we reconcile both and get both the best of both worlds for our benefit in, in, a, in a workable system? Maybe that's where we're headed because there will definitely be, honestly, right now, I feel like I'm Trevor Noah. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here going, I'm literally picking this thing apart in my brain and thinking there are good points, there are bad points. How do we... No system is perfect. Exactly. Let's say that. And there will always be some issues about any system that right. is not consistent with what you know we're looking for. Okay? Mm -hmm. But the basis is that we have a system that... Everybody understands and knows how to operate. Mm. Okay. Now, every system in this world is trying to improve and be better. Mm. So as we go along, things that we used to do that we feel, see that it's not working for us, we change mm. them. But at least we're all coming from a common ground. Mm. Mm. Okay. You cannot just get a perfect system. Mm. Okay. You just have to get a system that that informs uh, everybody that mm -hmm. everybody knows that this is how it works it's like when you're in a village you have an issue right you know where to go okay you can tell your your family they will inform dodiko before you know it is going to the chief's court mm -hmm. and then they address if they can't solve it then they they give you some give it some time mm -hmm. and then take advice and then try and solve it. But you know where to get redress. Mm. But an ordinary person in this so-called modern system, they have no idea what to do. That they have to go and hire a lawyer, even even it's, it's an issue. Mm. Okay? You see what I mean? The, I'm talking about the whole system. We can break it down that, okay, this bit doesn't work well, this bit works well. That's fine. Okay? But you have to have an egalitarian system that uh, is universal that everybody understands. And then you can evolve it, you know, with all your modern knowledge and stuff, so-called right. modern knowledge. Hey, you can evolve it, but carry everybody along with you. With you. Huh? Yeah. You don't just leave some people behind and say, oh, these people, there, mm -hmm. you know, they're backward, you know, let's, let's go, let's go. You know, mm -hmm. when we get there, we'll, we'll throw crumbs at them. You know? you know, it's very interesting. Now that you're saying that I, um, you know, I've been following what's happening in the Middle East. Um, you know, with Israel and, and uh, Palestine. Again, we do want to send our condolences to both parties because we know that it's not only Israel that's suffering. We also know Palestine is suffering. Um, people on the Gaza Strip and people on, um, um, you know, on the Israeli part are also going through it. And so our prayers go to both parties. Um, that being said, I, I was listening to something and one of the revelations that came up and I thought maybe we need to adopt that is the fact that when the Israeli people have decided that they are going to hunt for whoever was responsible for what happened to them on October 7th, um, they dropped information from like flyover planes and drones in the local language of the Palestinian people and said, we're not trying to harm 
innocent civilians. So if you're an innocent civilian, we need you to go to this side of the land or the stretch or wherever, because we're going on to that other side to do this kind of damage. The point I'm trying to make is they utilized the language of the people to disseminate information. And that for me was very poignant because we're not doing that. One of the powerful things you've said here, Uncle Ben, is an informative system, mm -hmm. an informative system. But if you are going to disseminate information in the backwoods of where I come from, in a, a, a Boko Central, for example, there's a couple of languages that you will need to disseminate the information of in. Course. If you're doing it in English, chances are more than 90% of the people will it not. It doesn't make sense, Zoe. It doesn't make any sense. So, and this is one of yeah. the tragedies of running a country like Ghana. Mm. Even our national anthem, mm. think about it. Majority of the people do not understand anywhere that, you know, what it's saying. Yeah. Yes. I had to grow up a little bit to get some of the words right. Yeah. Know. <laughs> you know, you see what I mean? And, you know, look, uh, people say that, oh, but uh, we talk about uh, Yangaraya Sassini as, you know, mm -hmm. the anthem and the song that motivates, you know, mm -hmm. us. And people say that, oh, but it is, it is tribal. It is not. You know, the person who wrote that song, Mm -hmm. It's an ever, mm -hmm. you know, but he yeah. wrote it in tree. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. And it can be sung in every language. Every language is important mm. and has to be addressed within that community. Mm. But then it is important also to have larger communication language. Yeah. Okay. That speaks to our culture. Mm. Okay. Huh. So that we can communicate well with other groups other people yeah but every community has to teach its language just as it has to teach its culture mm. to 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 the youth so that they know who they are they have to know their history they have to know uh, uh their heritage mm. they have to know their customs and their culture yeah huh. but especially their language and they have to be educated in their own language very very crucial why because mm. As soon as you say you're going to get an education, but you have to learn English first, it tells you that your language is inferior. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ah, we can keep going on. And on. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and um, we started off with storytelling, and I think Uncle Ben has a way of bringing the conversation I know, I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I think this, we needed this today. You've put a, a lot of things in perspective for me personally, and I know for a lot of people. Um, and so nobody's saying that travel is not good because, listen, Uncle Ben and I, we're talking about these things, and you are joining us, most of you um, are joining us um, not living in Ghana, right? Um, situations have forced some of us to not live in Ghana at the moment. Um, I think Uncle Ben, uh, Doris Eshan is absolutely in awe of you. Um, <laughs> I think I saw in the comments somewhere, she says that, uh, sir, full disclosures with Zoe's endorsement, connect me for educational purposes, exclusively history. Oh my God. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Um, and so these conversations are important. We need to keep talking about them. But I think for me, I I am starting to get to the point where I say after the conversation, where does the buck actually really start? Where does the action actually really start? And I'm imagining as a filmmaker, a world where almost all Ghanaians living outside of Ghana or outside of Africa have gone back to their home countries with their skills and talent and development and are putting their hands to the plow. And all of you know that um, I co-authored a book Yay, uh, title Letters of Hope to My Younger Self. And uh, we got to interview a lot of incredible people. Two of those incredible people was uh, Abba Kato's dad, uh, Ambassador uh, Kato Annan, and then, of course, my father, Galileo Akom. And between those two men who are elderly gentlemen, and I'm sure Uncle Ben will testify to this, when they talked about the beginning of Ghana's independence, Both of them made a very important statement. They said, we were excited about the country. We were excited to be a part of something bigger than us. We were excited to work and we wanted to work. We didn't need the pay. We just wanted to be a a part of something great because Ghana had just gained independence and every young person was happy and excited to put their hands to the plow. And I think one of them described it as it was a frenzy. There was a a frenzied energy in Ghana. And every time I think about that conversation, I go, when do we get that frenzied energy back? And when do we get our youth to stop trying to leave the country? And where do I get, me personally, where do I get the audacity to even tell other people, do not leave the country when I have left the country? That's just a few things to leave you with. Um, And maybe my very small rant will help us all to redefine and recalibrate and reconfigure where we're going with our lives and how we want to be a part of the nation building instead of the nation talkers. Okay. And with that being said, I will be quiet and I will acknowledge a few people. Uh, For those of you who are donors on the platform, I want to say thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for being incredible donors. Of course, Opulence Group Real Estate, thank you for being one of our top, top, top sponsors. Um, You're based in North Carolina. Mr. Emmanuel Oforideku, thank you so very much for being one of our top sponsors. We truly appreciate you. There's a couple of you who send us monthly donations. We want to acknowledge you. Um, Auntie Araba, we want to say thank you. Auntie Jane Fiorito, you know, we refer to everyone as auntie and uncle here. It's one of our traditional things that we do back home. Uh, Auntie Rose Machayo, thank you. Auntie B of Exceptional Care, thank you so very much. Uh, In the same spirit, we're always saying that it's better to patronize um it's better to patronize africa when we're talking about african storytelling so much right and so hey our dear dear uncle ekofi show who uh, actually was the facilitator of me meeting more of a ben uncle fisho i was truly expecting you to be here today so i'm going to call you and give you a hard time where are you but mm-hmm. uh, music for your quality feet is live every sunday at 4 p.m est and it's just a gathering of 
people from all around the world just listening to good music like Uncle Ben's songs and just interacting with each other and doing good charity work. Where Ghana by Irabna and her team, Kwa Designs by the absolutely beautiful Ruby Bois, uh, M Sims by the incredibly talented Mabel Simpson, Ryle by Design uh, by Ryle Adam out of Nyack, New York, Avonzige Bridal, the just luminary um, uh, Avonzige Augustina, Humanity Chat by Margie Marge, who we have decided to name the Oyaban of Hope. Sis, wherever you are, I respect you. Thank you so much for being a part of my story. Um, Keys and Credo by Nana Sapo, the absolutely funny Nana Sapo. Horseman Shoes, um, Calm Beats, Caveman Watches, and so many more. Guys, we want to thank you. We want to thank you. We want to thank you. One of the things I want to leave you with is that nothing or no thing happens or starts in a vacuum. You need to keep pushing. You need to keep asking. You need to keep doing, and it will work if you work it. Okay, that's my 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 nugget for you this week, Uncle Ben or Moafa Ben. What would be the last thing you want to leave us with before we sign off today? Just that very important thing for any grown-up is to know yourself. And when you know yourself, it means you have defined yourself mm. and you you appreciate where you're coming from mm. and be part of the movement forward. Okay? You're not an island. Mm. You're part of a community. You know, yeah. you're part of the world. You're part of a unit. And mm. be a good part. Thank you. Be a good part of the community. Akusia Asante says, Uncle Ben is reaching out through his nonprofit, We Are Us. Uncle Ben, you didn't tell us about that. <laughs> we didn't have enough time. No, but you must tell us about We Are Us. That is, that is actually the vehicle we're trying to use to re-empower our communities, okay? Our culture and our traditions mm -hmm. so that, you know, they, 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 they know that, you know, they, they, they are equal to or better than anybody else. They can mm -hmm. solve their own problems. They don't need to wait on government or for uh, cement, you know, to build health posts or, you know, they can solve the problems mm -hmm. from their traditional ethos alone, mm -hmm. you know? Uh -huh. So wow. that is what I think is doing something about it, you know? Wow. Got to wow. do something about it, not just talk. Wow. And I am so glad because I kept saying, we're talking, we're talking, where do we begin? And so I'm so grateful that Akosia um, actually brought our attention to this. So please jump on the internet. Thank God for the internet. Jump on it. Look up um, the, the nonprofit We Are Us and then see how you can be a part of the solution, not just by money. But if you happen to be in Ghana and there is an outfit of We Are Us and you can show up and just put your hand to the plow, whether it's you typing a letter or you being a part of the speaking team or going into the villages with Uncle Ben, do it. You know, just be a part of the city of the of the of the solution. Okay, that's what we're looking for. That's what storytelling is supposed to do. We're supposed to be an agent of change with our stories. And so Uncle Ben came and shared a story about, you know, going to collect data. And look at one story, and I, I clocked it when we started. When you started that story, Uncle Ben, we were probably at the um, 40th uh, uh, minute. We're now at one 
one hour 35. One story spanned a lot of conversation. One story. We are agents of change. And so please look up the nonprofit We Are Us. Um, go to www.benbracco.com. Reach out to his team. Ask, how can I help? Yes, money is great, but we need your hands and we need your feet. So how can you be a part of this? So that's there too, www.weareus. I like that so much. We are us. We are part yeah. of each other. We yeah, are yeah. There's yeah, nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. There is nobody else. Weareus.org, O-R-G, and be a part of this conversation. Our producer says that a uh, great conversation. I'll have to watch the replay, lots of perspective. But then she goes on to say, Uncle Ben, this one is for you. Uncle Ben needs to come back. <laughs> wearing, wearing my producer hat here. So we have to find a way to have you come back, not to tell stories, but to literally give us some more history about our nation and about our communities and especially about your community. I think it's very important that we do that. And uh, so uh, everybody's saying thank you. Thank you, Uncle Ben. We have truly appreciate you. I, for one, I'm very, very lucky um, to be able to say that I speak to the incredible, <laughs> absolutely indefatigable uh, Ben Brackle. Uh, the reason you, being you. that it's not just a 10-minute conversation. You know Zoe can go, right? So I can talk to this man two hours straight and not feel <laughs> That is crazy. Yes, yeah. we are part of each other. We trust each other and all that. Guys, it's been fun. And today I have the absolute pleasure of closing today uh, with one of my favorites of Uncle Ben's songs, uh, Miriam Agroti. And so we will see you next week. Actually, I think we're on a break next week. If I'm not mistaken, I'll have to check. But we might be on a break next week. If not, we'll see you. Okay. <laughs> Uncle Ben, what a wonderful conversationalist you are. I yes. absolutely am in awe of you. I you make it so easy. You know, you, you... <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for saying yeah. that. Um, and we must keep doing this. This course is very, very good. Yeah. And so, guys, we will see you when we see you. My name is Zoe Baraka. I've been in a virtual studio with the absolutely indefatigable legend of Ghana, Ben Brackle. And I will see you next week, or maybe not. We don't know. But we want to say goodbye. We love you. Thank Have you. a great, great, great week. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, I think we're